Tuned in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. And welcome to Word on the Street Wednesday. Got a power-packed podcast for you today. But make sure you're following me on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. All right, on today's podcast, we will discuss the Lakers and their mom and pop attitude. Lazy Journalism 101, the national media, in particular, Yahoo's own Vincent Goodwill. And then we'll talk about unforgettable champs. And then we'll wrap that up with, you know, how we do it. Article 15 from good old Big Sarge. All right, let's jump right into this thing. All right, so I saw an interesting article. It popped up in my Twitter feed on yesterday about a lot of mom and pop uh, shoe stores that are going out of business. This is according to the New York Times. Nike has changed its marketing strategy, and it is pulling out of most of the local mom and pop shoe stores that are not affiliated with any major athletic shoe stores. So you got a lot of local mom and pop stores that are going under because Nike has come in and said, we're changing our business strategy. And unless you buy at least $20,000 worth of stuff from us throughout the year, merchandise and shoes, whatever the case may be, accessories, we're not going to sell to you. So there are a lot of local stores that are going out of business. And then it got me to thinking about another mom and pop that may see themselves go under if they don't get the right corporate mindset in to run the franchise, and that's none other than the Los Angeles Lakers. I, listen, I thought that we had gotten past all this Los Angeles Lakers talk. I honestly and truly did. But now every time I turn around, the Lakers are popping up again, 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 and again. Now, y'all know that Jerry, Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss, Bought the Lakers back in 1979. And since then, it's been a family. It's been owned by the family ever since. No major corporate backing. None of that. It's just been a family-owned business. Making their money, the, the, I guess, the old-fashioned way. They earned it. Right, listen, if you're too young to remember that commercial, then I don't even know what to tell you. Hey, call up your parents. Well, no, some of y'all parents ain't nothing but... 35 and they go to the club with you uh call up some uh call, call up your great great grandmother she should be about 52 right about now right and ask her uh about that commercial anyway let's get back to what i was talking about so back then you know they 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 earned their money went through the, the old-fashioned way you know that's what that's what worked for them back then as you see the Bus family was one of those families that once they got control of the Lakers, they never let it go. Never. And it stayed, like I said, it stayed in that family. 
So it's been passed on from Dr. Bus now to his kids. That ain't a good thing, though, especially in, when you're dealing with uh, the NBA and everything that goes uh, uh, that, that details inside of the NBA, because the NBA is a business. But the bus family don't have a business mindset. Let me tell you who got a business mindset. Tierman Fertitta, who is the owner of the Rockets. He owns one of the largest restaurant corporations in the U.S. That's Landry Seafood. On top of all the other business ventures that he has. Thrown in there is the Rockets. Business mindset before he even got into the NBA. Look at Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban made his money off the dot-com industry way before he became an owner in the NBA. For some of these owners, when it comes to these major sports franchises, the sports franchise that they buy isn't the moneymaker for them. It is like their hobby. You know how some people go out and they, they collect tennis shoes? They go out and they collect J's. They go out and they collect Air Max or whatever the case may be. That's the equivalent to how some of these billionaires view these sports teams that they have. It's not the, 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 uh, their primary source of income. They still got all these other things. But the basketball team or the football team or the baseball team is just something that's thrown in there. Hey, let me go acquire something that, you know, I could spend time on the weekends at. It's going to make me a little money. I'll pass it on from generation to generation. It's like buying land for them. Something that's going to give them a residual income like every year. But not for the bus family. For the bus family, the Lakers is their primary source of income. Nothing else. If they sell the Lakers, they don't have no other businesses to fall back on. They just got to live off the money that they have. And that's not a good thing. So y'all see where I'm going with this, right? The business-minded individuals with uh, no personal stake except to make money. That's what the majority of these owners outside of the bus family is. Hmm. I bring all that up. I preface all that to say, hmm. Can we say the, the, the same for the Lakers who have botched yet another thing this offseason? The trade that brought Anthony Davis to L.A. from New Orleans can potentially set the Lakers back for years and years and years to come. Especially if this deal doesn't get done. Now, here, here, here's where the problem, this is where the problem comes in. The Lakers have to have to um, the Lakers have been getting a, given a deadline of July the 6th from the New Orleans Pelicans to trade Anthony Davis to uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, to trade their players and their picks to them. And they will receive Anthony Davis by July the 6th. That's the day the general manager, David Griffin, has set for them. But see, the Lakers want to wait until the 30th of July 
so they can have money to bring in a max player so they can bring in another max player so they can take a shot at the uh, like the Jimmy Butler's. They can even take a shot at the Kawhi Leonard's. They can take a shot at the Kyrie Irving. They have to wait until the 30s because they don't have any money. Now, let me read you all this report. This is uh, from CBS.com. It says, uh, the on Saturday afternoon, the Pelicans reportedly agreed to a deal sending Anthony Davis to the Lakers in exchange for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick in this year's draft. However, that may not be the final version of the deal. Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks of ESPN reported Tuesday night that the Lakers are in the process of trying to rework the deal with the Pelicans in order to create room for a max salary slot. Such cap logistics would involve Davis waiving his trade bonus and the Lakers offering multiple players, including Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga, to other teams to increase their outgoing salary. Uh, via ESPN, the Lakers were engaging uh, additional teams on Tuesday to take on the contracts of three remaining, three of the remaining four players on the team's roster. Uh Kyle Kuzman and LeBron James are the only two Lakers remaining on the team's end of the season roster. The Lakers are pursuing the purchase of second round picks in Thursday's NBA draft, understanding that they need avenues to acquire inexpensive talent and contracts that will count only as minimum salaries against the cap, the league source says. Y'all hear that? Not going to read it again, but you, you, you got that, right? You got that. The Lakers only have $23.7 million in cap space, which is not enough for max deal players. If the Pelicans are for some reason willing to wait until July 30th to finalize the trade, then the Lakers will have $32.5 million in cap space, which would be enough to go after a free agent who wants the max. Listen. Your minds have been oversaturated and inundated with all these things from all the the, the morning sports shows that you've watched, according to this. So I didn't tell you something that you didn't know. I just refreshed your memory so I could say this. You know how this happens? Like you do realize how this happens, right? When you have that mom and pops mentality and only hire your family and friends. Y'all ever been inside of a local store? Like something local. So have you ever been inside of a mom and pop store? Most of the people that work inside of that store have been there for either generations or the younger kids you see are the ones who are going to have the business later on. There's not a lot of outside people coming in, working at these mom and pop stores. Case in point, when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. So the current Lakers GM, Rob Palenka, y'all know what his only NBA experience was before becoming a Lakers GM? He had James Harden's personal number. He had Kevin Durant's personal number because he represented James Harden. He represented Kevin Durant. He represented Andre Iguodala. And oh yeah, wait for it. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. By far one of the top 
five Lakers to ever put on a uniform. Rob Palenka, with no NBA front office experience, is came in to run the Los Angeles Lakers as an agent who's been bamboozled, hoodwinked, run amok. They didn't land on the New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans landed on them. In particular, Rob Palenka. See, when you got these mom and pop mentalities, when you're when you running these mom and pop organizations, you don't have anything from the outside to tell you anything because this is family. This is what we do as family. If the Lakers were run by people or, per, or a person like a Tillman Fertitta or like a Mark Cuban who already has a corporate mindset, who knows that this ain't nothing but business, no possible way, no possible way, Rob Palenka would have ever been giving the job, given the job of general manager. But you're running a rinky-dink mom-and-pop local shop. Now, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking mom-and-pops. But when you're dealing with the franchise like the Los Angeles Lakers, the prestigious Los Angeles Lakers, you can't just go get a guy that you've been negotiating with who, by the way, fleeced you out of how much money? Before he became the GM as Kobe Bryant's agent, one of the reasons why the Lakers are in disarray right now, one of the reasons why they have not made the playoffs in six years, it's because they ain't really had no money because Kobe was like, I don't care, you're going to pay me. And when Kobe was getting that money from the Lakers, who was the one, uh, who was the one leading negotiation? None other than Rob Plinker. Hold on, it gets better. Let's take a look at the uh, at, at Laker great Magic Johnson. Now, yeah, he did bring in LeBron James. He did. But Magic ran that franchise into the ground as president of the Los Angeles Lakers. By the way, some of y'all don't know this. So lean on over into whatever apparatus you're listening to me on. Lean on over a little bit. Let me tell you this. That was a made-up position. That was for magic. Because him and Jeannie Buzz grew up together. When he came to the Lakers, Jeannie was young. He was young. They grew up together. That's why she has so much love for magic, which is the equivalent to what? A great-great-grandfather bringing in his great-great-grandson to do what? Teach him the business. Magic quit on Jeannie but before and during a game and didn't even let her know that he was quitting. You know who does that? A, a, a person who works for their family and say, well, I know y'all going to keep me around anyway. You can't put me out the family. So if I don't want to work here no more and I just decide to quit, then I just decide to quit. But what you going to do to me, though? I'm still in the family. Side note. This is why I always tell people. Hey, listen, when you're dealing with people, remove the title. Once you remove the title, you can see who the person is. But so many times we allow people that has the title of brother, sister, cousin, mama, daddy, grandmother, grandfather, auntie, uncle, godma. 
that title in front of whoever the person is, is what distorts your judgment and it clouds your memory to some point. That's another story for another time. We could talk about that later. So now what do we got? We got Rob Palenka, right? Kobe's agent. We got Magic Johnson, Laker great, Laker champion, right? You got those two family members helping run a mom and pop organization. Let's not forget Kurt Rambis, former Laker player who has also had a hand in running the mom and pop. But it ain't even Kurt Rambis that is contributing to the dysfunction of the Lakers as it is his wife, Linda. Y'all, y'all, y'all heard of Linda Rambis, right? Okay, let me let, 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 let Big Sarge help you out just in case you ain't never heard of her. Linda is the executive director of special projects. Let me say that one more time. Linda Rambis is the executive director of special projects. Yet, after the Lakers fired Luke Walton, Linda Rambis got a chance to sit in on the coaching interviews. How many people do you know in an organization that runs special projects get to sit in on basketball operations such as hiring a head coach? Like, that's not normal, just in case you didn't know, y'all. Just in case you didn't know, that's not normal. An executive director of special projects, your community, uh, your executive director of community affairs, your liaison, your person that's over food and beverages, your person that's over parking and attendance. They don't get to sit in the hiring process of your next head basketball coach. But guess what? See, Linda Rambis. Linda Rambis is the best friend of Jeannie Buss, who is the controlling manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. So when you're the best friend, you get to influence and say whatever you want. Why? Because here we go. Y'all remember what I just told you all a little bit earlier. There will be a pop quiz, so y'all better be ready. Best friend, Linda Rambis. Not just Linda Rambis, executive director of special projects. Best friend, Linda Rambis. You see that? Let's recap. Rob Palenka, agent of Kobe Bryant. Magic Johnson, former Laker great. Kurt Rambis, former Laker. Linda Rambis, best friend of Jeannie Buss. You will never win. Never ever, ever win in the NBA with the mom and pop mentality until you get somebody in there from corporate America that's going to be able to tell you we're not making an agent a GM. I don't care how many contacts he has and I don't care. Guess what? We'll just have to cancel Kobe Bryant day. I don't care how mad Kobe Bryant is. We're trying to run a respectable organization here, not a friends and family plan. We're not running a mom and pop organization. And until the Lakers 
get that through their head, they're going to always be where they are. And that is a mom and pop organization with the mom and pop mentality. Once again, you're listening to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. It is Word on the Street Wednesday. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter. Big Sarge Sports with a Z. All right, y'all, let's move along now. For the people who are just now tuning in to me, meaning tuning in, meaning this week you just started listening to my podcast. You never listened to my sports show before. You know, you don't have a you didn't have a clue about who uh, Big Sarge was until you started listening to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. There is a thing that I like to do. Let me bring you into this. There's a thing I like to do called lazy journalism. And when I do lazy journalism, lazy journalism consists of reading something or watching something. That's just completely lazy to me. Meaning it questions your journalistic integrity. It questions everything that goes into you being a journalist, you being a sports media personality or just a media personality in general. If I can read something and not look and I'd be like, this is one of the laziest pieces I've ever read. Or if I watch something and I say, this is one of the laziest pieces I've ever seen. That's what lazy journalism one on one to me. So for you all, for you newcomers, this is going to be your first time hearing a lazy journalism one on one. And I'm going to give it to Yahoo's very own Vincent Goodwill. And, and this is why I'm going to give it to him. Well, I would expect them to deny the report considering Chris Paul's contract over the next, you know, three years. It costs for him to make at least $40 million, basically, in average. So after the end of the season, after they lost in the second round to Golden State and we saw how they flamed out, we expected them to perform better once Kevin Durant hurt, got hurt. And we expected them to honestly win the series. I know you did, Nick. And they flamed out in the game six on their home floor. Clearly, they look disjointed. James Harden and Chris Paul have not been on the same page all season. They went weeks, I would say months, without talking. Both sides engaged in petty grievances with the other, you know, during practices, during games, not getting along. And it sort of permeated through the rest of the team, resulting in James also saying, hey, look, it's either going to be him or it's going to be me. And Chris going to Daryl Morey and saying, hey, I don't like playing with this guy. Get me out of here. Let me stop right there. Listen. I covered the Rockets the entire season, traveled to them on a lot of their road games, was there for the playoff series in Utah, was there for the playoff series in Golden State, in the locker room, uh, in the locker room during pretty much all the games, in the locker room during the 2019 NBA Finals. I mean, I'm sorry, NBA playoffs, not finals, NBA playoffs. Y'all heard what he just said? I, I, I'm not, I don't know Vincent Goodwill from a hole in the ground. The only person that I know from Yahoo is Chris Haynes. I don't know Vincent Goodwill. I never even heard of Vincent Goodwill. I'm going to be honest with you. I never even heard of this guy until I listened to the Bomani Jones uh, podcast. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I started seeing him on, uh, on TV on one show that comes on, one sports show that comes on in the morning. I was like, oh, so that's who this guy is. 
I've never been, I've never seen Vincent Goodwill in a locker room with me, not one time. Not once. Not once. Now, to be fair, because I don't like to be a hypocrite, and I told you all, I do not like to be smothered in hypocrisy. I'm not saying that his sources are wrong. That somebody may have told him that. But what I will say is this. You're wrong, bro. You're wrong. Chris Paul and James Harden, yes, they may not see eye to eye on a lot of things. They come from two different eras of basketball. Chris is old school. James is new school. They may not see eye to eye on some things. Have they have they had their disagreements? Yes, I will go on record by saying that. Have they had disagreements? Of course. It's never went on for two months. They've never been that disgruntled against each other where they didn't talk for two months. It's lazy journalism. But hold on, y'all. It gets better. Listen to this. Okay, so let me. So a number of things. First, can you elaborate on the petty grievances? Because I'm just fascinated by what. Can you give any details on that? Well, like there are certain things like during a pra- during a practice or after a practice where guys are shooting free throws and they're doing going through their individual sort of routines after an hour, an hour and a half practice. James Harden likes to shoot by himself, right, on an opposite basket alone maybe a player will join him or whatever but it's usually his basket chris paul will walk over there with one of the rookies and try to play one-on-one just to disrupt what james is doing that type of thing in this vein of you should respect me because i've been in this league x amount of years i have stripes james harden is like hey look you should respect me I'm an MVP at least one time over. should be two or three times over. Mm-hmm. I'm a historical player just as much as you are. And, and. Vince, can I call you Vince? Well, I'm going to call you Vince anyway. Vince, bro, come on, man. I know that Chris Haynes gets all of the notoriety over there at Yahoo. I do. I know that Chris gets all the big interviews. I know that Chris has his own podcast and he gets all the big people. So maybe you're feeling a little bit slighted. Maybe you're feeling a little bit jaded. Maybe you're feeling because, you know, you started out in Detroit and then you came to, you know, work in Chicago. And now they've upgraded you to the national scene. And now you want more. I understand that, Vince. You know, Once people get a little bit of taste of success, you know, they get a little bit of that limelight. It becomes addictive for some. Not for me, but for some. Bro, you're wrong. This is lazy. Lazy. I've never seen Chris Paul go and interrupt James Harden after practice. I've never seen that happen. Now, is Chris a joke, a jokester? Of course Chris is a jokester. Listen, let me tell you all something. Let me give you a little bit of insight. When they were in Utah, right? When they were in Utah getting ready to play game three or game four, I don't remember which one it was. It was was the practice before game four, as a matter of fact. Chris was over there joking with Kenneth Reed about his jump shot. Saying, your jump shot trash. Kenneth Reed told him, you trying to treat me like I'm a rookie or something, huh? Well, let's go ahead and put something on it then. Now, I'm not going to tell you whether or not they bet it. I'm not. That's not my that's not my place. That ain't my job. But let's just say it was some trash talking going on, but it was good, healthy trash talking. 
That's it. It wasn't none of all this other stuff that you all out here trying to report. Like I said, I'm sorry. You may have been at some of these games. I've never seen you, bro. Never. In Golden State, I sat in a room with Stephen A. Smith, with Mike Wilbon, with Mark, Marcus J. Spears, with Brian Windhorst, with Marcus Thomas, with Chris Haynes, and I never seen you at all. I'm not saying that your sources aren't telling you this. I'm telling you your sources are wrong. And it's lazy. And this is coming from somebody who isn't even a Rocket fan, so I don't have anything vested in defending the Houston Rockets. I'm just telling you like it what T.I. is. In the immortal words of the great Negro poet T.I., you may see me on the street, but you don't know me. That's all I'm telling you. You don't know nothing, bro. You weren't there. And now everybody is fiending off of what you say. This whole Chris Paul and James Harden fiasco has gotten so bad that if you're a Rockets fan, you're hate, you're hating on the reports that are coming out. If you're a Rockets hater, you're loving the reports that's coming out. And guess what's getting distorted? The truth. Just like I said on social media yesterday, I know the truth. I, I, I know the truth so much that I'm willing to put my life on the line to say what I know. I mean, saying what I know to be true. Here's the thing. It does not matter because whatever I put out there, there's going to be 50 percent that believes it and 50 percent that doesn't. That's just how that works. But we're in a society now. We live in a nation where what sells drama and Vincent Goodwill seems like he's one that could lead the drama. So what happened to the journalistic integrity right out the door? Kind of like one of, you know, your, the, the, your, one of your colleagues, Vincent, and Skip Bayless, who went on national television and said it has been reported that Chris Paul told James Harden he had man boobs and made him cry. The source that, uh, that that Skip Bayless used right up under that put, I also heard that Chris Paul passed gas in James Harden's eye and gave him pink eye. This is the, the and you repeated that verbatim about the man boobs on national television. There's no point in time that Chris Paul has ever made James Harden cry. But if you watch that show that they're on and you are Skip Bayless diehard, you're going to believe that and it's false. And guess what that is? Lazy journalism 101. Once again, ha ha, you are listening to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. And I am your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you follow me on Twitter now. Big Sarge Sports with a Z. I got a question for y'all. Can y'all tell me who won the Super Bowl two years ago? Stop, 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 stop. Don't Google it. Don't ask Siri or Alexa 
Don't ask either one of them. You know what? Side note. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. I always want to know. Why ain't there no Laquandas or Darnells or Marias or Jose's? When it comes to the artificial intelligence uh, software or devices that they sell. Like, I've never been able to be like, hey, Darnell, what up, bro? That's Darnell answer. You'd be like, Darnell, what up, bro? Tell me where the nearest specs is. Oh, man, let me tell you something. You just go on down there to the corner right there. You're going to see Mr. Johnson standing on that corner. Mr. Johnson's been on that corner for about at least two years. But you make a right and Mr. Johnson keep on going down and then you're going to see these little young Thundercats on your left hand side. Now, don't say nothing to them and don't make eye contact. Just keep it moving. Go on down a little bit more on your right hand side. You're going to see specs. And when you get in there, tell Miss Jones, I said, hey, why don't never have that? I digress. Now that I've given you enough time to go to Google. And find out who the winner was of the Super Bowl two years ago. Ain't it crazy? Like, it's crazy that you don't remember that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But you definitely remember that the Patriots played in it, right? Like, you didn't remember that the Eagles won it. And yes, of course, I'm an Eagles hater. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't like the Eagles. In my fan, my professionalism, I don't care. My fandom, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Mm-mm. No way, no how. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. But isn't it funny that you didn't even remember who the the they that you didn't even remember that the Eagles won the Super Bowl? A lot of people didn't know. People who rooted for the Eagles on that day was only rooting to see the Patriots lose. Were Eagles fans? Why do you think you can't remember that the Eagles won the Super Bowl two years ago? See, that's what's going to occur in three years when someone asks you who won the NBA Finals in 2019. Now, believe me, if some, in, in 2022, if somebody asks you who won the NBA Finals back in 2019, you know what you're going to say? Hey, is that the series that Clay and KD got hurt? Like, I remember the Warriors playing in it. KD got hurt, right? Like, KD was hurt going into that, right? And then Clay got hurt, right? So, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah, yes. Now I remember. They played the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard was on that team, right? Because he'd been playing with the Clippers for. We're going for for the last three years. Well, for the last two, three years, right? Like, cause he played for the Clippers now. No, he didn't stick with the Raptors. Yeah, I'm just looking into the future, y'all. Don't don't mind me. So, like I said, my point is there are so many unforgettable champions out there in sports because society doesn't remember like the winners when it comes to that. They only remember the narrative. They don't remember the actual winner. They just know the story that goes along with it. And the story that goes along with the 2019 Toronto Raptors is Clay and KD. Well, KD didn't play and Clay got hurt. That's what's going to be remembered. Not the fact that the Toronto Raptors won. Do you know why people remember that the Dallas Mavericks won back in 2011? Because they beat LeBron James. So if you ask Somebody. Hey, who won the 2011 uh, NBA Finals? You know what the first thing I'm going to say? 
Is that was when LeBron was with the Heat? Yeah. With Wade, with, with Wade and Bosch, huh? Yeah. They lost. Because he had just... Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Because I know Ray... No, was Ray Allen on there? And then... Nope. Well, Birdman was there. We know Udonis Haslam was there because like he like... Him, between him, Trick Daddy, and Rick Ross, they like all the unofficial mayors of Miami. M-I-M-I-M-I-A. But who was on that? Oh, Dirk Nowitzki played, right? The Mavericks. That's how they do it. That's exactly how they do it. They are by far, like, just there are a lot of champions in sports that are just unforgettable. Prime example, like, I bet you, if you didn't really think about it, you wouldn't remember that Auburn actually won a national championship, right? You just remember, oh, yeah, Cam Newton was on that team. Yeah, unforgettable. Let me tell you what. Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to always make me remember that the Toronto Raptors won in 2019. Once again, you're listening to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge, right here on Word on the Street Wednesday. <laughs> Don't forget to follow me at Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Twitter. Hey, on the next podcast, I'm going to make sure that I uh, put out some sound. I got a chance to see uh, Houston's own uh, boxing champion, uh, Jamal Charlo, today as he prepares for his fight coming up here on the 29th at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas against, ah, I can't remember the young man's first name. I think his last name is Adams, though. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll I'll make sure that I get that to you all uh, probably on the next podcast. Hold me to that. Y'all got to start holding me accountable to stuff, man. Because if y'all don't hold me accountable to stuff, I ain't going to even lie. I'll probably forget. Probably. I'm just being honest. All right, y'all. I got to get ready to get up out of here. But before I do, all my Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Germany, good night. All my active duty military personnel that's downrange, good night. <sighs> it is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. Parents, parents in Lakewood, Colorado, which is a suburb of Southwest Denver. Parents in Lakewood, Colorado, a suburb. Southwest of Denver. Come get this work. According to Yahoo, parents brawled during a youth baseball game after disagreeing with 13-year-old umpire. Repeat that. Parents brawl during youth baseball game after disagreeing with 13-year-old umpire. Parents brawl during a game after disagreeing with 13-year-old umpire originally appeared on abcnews.go.com. A baseball game between a group of 7-year-old kids uh, degenerated into an all-out brawl when parents throwing haymakers, uh, others cowering for cover, and a woman even jumping on someone's back. The reason for the brawl? A parent didn't like the calls being made by a 13-year-old umpire. The fight began at Westgate Elementary School in Lakewood, Colorado on Saturday uh, at about noon as 15 to 20 adults got into a violent tussle, according to Lakewood police. The brawl was still ungo- ongoing, as Lakewood police arrived at the scene. Police issued four citations for disorderly conduct, but said they are still searching for others involved in the fight. Now, side note. Uh, 
I don't know if y'all been to any of these youth games lately. Let's just say when I and when I say lately, I mean like probably in the last uh, about 10 or 12 years. These parents are out of control. I think last year, didn't you have a parent uh, beat up a, a referee at a basketball game? There's been multiple times that parents got into it, I think, in Georgia over a peewee pop one football. Have you ever heard how parents treat each other at these games, much less referees? And you know who's who, who, who who's getting um, who, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you know who's learning a terrible lesson in all of this? The kids. What do you think that these kids these seven-year-olds, what do you think that they learn by watching their parents fight because a 13-year-old was making the calls? If anything, you should have been there encouraging. If anything, you should have been there saying, hey, that's good. All right, they got a 13-year-old out there. There's kids playing with kids. It's a game. You're just playing. That's what you should have been showing these kids. That's the example you should have been setting. But y'all out here fighting. Have y'all ever been to any of these AAU basketball games? I promise you, at least two to three times in a weekend tournament, it's going to be some fights. It is. And you know what happens? If the kids get into it, the parents get into it. But the kids get into it because the parents... Then gave them the green light to go ahead and do whatever it is they want to do because they've seen the example. You're fighting in front of seven-year-olds. And you, let me tell you something. I, I, I want to go on record by saying this. If you out here fighting in public at a youth baseball game, what you doing at home? If you can't set the example for your kids out in public, what example are you setting for them at home? No possible way you could tell me that you're not at home acting a fool because you in public acting a fool. So guess what? You acting a fool at the baseball game, which means you acting a fool at the McDonald's, which means you acting a fool at the Walmart, which means you acting a fool at church. And all the while, kids are little sponges Soaking that up. And guess what they're going to be when they get older? Old fools from watching old fools. Y'all got to do better. We got to do better. By the way, can I just go on record by saying this? They weren't African American. Uh, all our work, work. 